In the Dolcran's world, snacks of a most unique and often disturbing nature are handled by an elite group of snack reporters. The dedicated commentators tasked with discussing these abominations are known as the Dollboys. These are their stories. And we are back. Welcome back to the Cran Box. You are with the Doll Crans. We are recording live from the Mendelssohn Studios. Uh, this is round one. Round one. Of the continuing coverage of the snack bracket, the March snack bracket. Today, I'm joined by... Julian. Uh, and... Tony from the Bronx, baby. And I, of course, am Gabriel Zuger. Uh, we will have uh, contributions from our other judges, uh, my wife, Pauline, and of course, Dog of the Pod, Tig. Uh, this again, if I haven't already mentioned it, will be the chip quadrant, the chip category. Chips! Chips in the house. Uh, so, you know, open up a bag, get comfortable. You are in for a treat. This is round one of the chip quadrant. We have some real juggernauts here, right? We have names of the game in Snack. Uh, anybody you're looking forward to seeing Julian in this quadrant? Um, look, I've never had a Taki before, but Zombie Takis, uh, on that name alone, it just, uh, how could you not root for it? Zombie Taki is, is definitely in it to win it. They are here to play. Now, my one hesitation is that I've had, like, voodoo chips before, like Zap's voodoo chips, which I like, yeah. but they are just a mix of all the flavors, flavors they make. Flavors put together, yeah. Uh, I am hoping that the zombie taki uh, chooses something slightly narrower than that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I want to walk away being able to describe the flavor of a zombie taki. Right, right. Uh, Tony, anything from you? Initial thoughts, you got some powerhouses here. I mean, you got Doritos and Pringles. Big names here. Um, Guinness coming in out of nowhere. You know, I think they they could they can they can give a run right now. I agree with you on the zombie piece. I'm a little I'm a little hesitant. I, I don't know how I should feel. Well, can I jump back for a second Please. to the Guinness? Yeah. Uh, like, have you had a Guinness chip before? No. Okay. I just the no. way you were talking about it. But sounded I, I, like it's, a known it's, quantity. It's so, it's so intriguing to me because you know you listen. Doritos are Doritos. We know Doritos, and yeah. you know typically they're gonna give you flavor. No matter mm-hmm. what, whether we like it or mm-hmm. not, they're going to give you flavor. Pringles, usually the same thing. Whether you like the flavor or not, they're going to give you flavor. And we know what we're getting as far as a chip crunch shape and whatnot. With a Guinness, I, I'm, I'm a little on the fence here. I don't know how to react. I, I, yeah. I'm glad they're in this tournament here, but I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? Well, on the Guinness, I, I just have no idea. Uh, but to the Pringles, one of the things we have is the Pringles baked potato and... To be honest, to me, Pringles taste kind of like a chip made of like powdered mashed mm-hmm. potatoes to me, which I'm not the hugest no. fan of. Uh, so, like, a Pringles baked potato does sound like the blandest, driest thing. Sure, I can. I imagine. agree with you. But it also could work for it, them because they also have that potatoy flavor already going for them, right? I mean, for me, I'm coming into this. Doritos Blaze is hot off of, frankly, my favorite Super Bowl ad commercial, which was the. It was uh, an ad commercial. It was the. It was an ad commercial. It was the Peter Dinklage oh, uh, right, right, lip syncing right. yeah. to Busta Rhymes, and that was without a doubt the best, the best Super Bowl commercial I've seen this year, possibly in a few years. 
So I've got to give it to them uh, in terms of their marketing. And I, I have to say, if Doritos Blaze makes it to round two and gets into the Olympic scoring, they're going to get a 10 in appetizing for me. Like, I am, I am wet for that fucking triangular Tostitos chip sure. or tortilla chip. I mean, I also love yeah, some kettle chips. Go ahead, sorry. Oh, I hope you're saying wet in the mouth, like as in you're salivating, not figuratively wet, as in your figurative vagina is getting wet so there. you can stick a Dorito in Julian, just shut there. up and throw me a towel already because I, I feel am like the zombie sopping. towel would be better off for that one. But, I know. am sopping for just, the uh, chip category. And unsanitary. We now, we now bring you to the first matchup, which is in fact... Doritos Blaze against Dark Horse Pocky Haunted Ghost Pepper Chips. Yeah, this is a 1 in 16 matchup. This is a, absolutely yeah. a 1 I'm in 16. Um, everybody should be on, on their heels for a blowout. But here. I will say, having tried neither so far, the Pocky Ghost Pepper thing does feel like something where someone's like, oh, I tried this chip in a foreign country and it's amazing. And they go, like, well out of their way to get it. So Absolutely. it could be a, a secretly fantastic chip. All right. Absolutely. Doritos um, Blaze. We are trying the Dur- Doritos Blaze. This is not your average Dorito. Now, I, I had a little bit of a fear that this would be a letdown for me, right? That Doritos would say it was a Blaze. They're claiming volcanic heat on the back. Yeah, they okay. said it's like licking a volcano. Now, obviously they can't match up to that, but I also just felt like Doritos might not know what heat is based on what they've made in the past in Cooler Ranch and Nacho Cheesier. They have the sweet spicy chili. That and was, they have the sweet was, spicy chili. Good, okay. But not um, this. Yeah. But this has heat. This definitely brings the heat. Okay, there there is a pepperiness. Um, there's a lot of tomato base. I'm going to give it a lot of tomato. Mm-hmm. Sort of... Almost sriracha-like, I sure. feel. Um, your thoughts? I I like it. I almost feel like this dusting, though, belongs on a different vehicle. Somehow the, 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 the corn chip doesn't feel quite right for some reason. I can't put my finger on it. I would almost want to, like, crush it up into dust itself and then use it as a base for chicken... Or, or another meal and be able to have it as a coating. It yeah, definitely feels it definitely feels like you could do a uh, what is it? Why like are there jerk seasoning Doritos? Ooh, that sounds that's good. something they I should like branch that. into. It's a smokier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's let's make up a pitch for that right now. But it definitely feels like something you could you could dust over a casserole of yeah, some kind, a, a right? three yeah. bean uh, or a, a string a green bean a casserole. Yeah, 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 like Fritos. Yeah. Um, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's, yeah. good. it's solid. It's solid. We'll give it solid. Um, we now go to the ghost pepper, haunted ghost pepper. Now I've heard a lot of stories chips. about ghost peppers in general. Just don't like the smell. And I, I'm a big spice fan, but this does. Ghost pepper said to be the hottest pepper in the world. I believe it ranks at somewhere in the millions of Kelvin's. Scovilles. Scovilles. You're absolutely right. Um, hotter than the sun, they say. Millions of Kelvins. Not good. Not good. Actually, I don't know how hot the sun is in Kelvin. I don't either. Well, I don't know how hot it is in Kelvin. Absolute zero is negative two... Or absolute zero in Kelvin is is zero. zero. And Celsius is negative 273. But in Celsius, it's negative 273. 
272? That's what I was going to say. Maybe. Okay, either way. Can we focus? Okay, so... This, these are hot. These are hot. These are hot, but it's when awkward, you, though. When you bite into it at first, you're like, oh, where's the hot? It does come on later. Oh, it's... I'm getting it now, and I love spice, but it's not... It's not, like, genuine spice. It's that awkward, like... This chip does not make me want to eat more of it. Like, it's not one of those bags of chips where it's like, oh, my God, how would I eat the whole bag? No. But it is a thing where it's like... Someone, like, is like, these are really hot chips, and you try it, and you're not like... Oh, that's what you think hot is? It, it reminds me a little bit of, like, uh, like the Harry Potter, the, the bamboozled beans or whatever they are, right? The beans the that are multi-flavor. Uh, that, that are that are That are garbage. Birdie. They're, like, they're boogers. Oh, and the jelly farts, beans. The jelly beans, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, in, in the sense that, like you were saying, Julian, like, you'd hand this to somebody and say, like, this is a Dorito, and they'd eat it, and then their face would just engulf in flames. <laughs> Because it is straight heat um, with really minimal flavor well, behind it. it's not a Dorito. It. It's a Pocky. No, I know, but it looks and feels just like a Dorito. Um, Are we saying we're tricking people into eating these? Well, I'm, I'm saying that it, it is the first conveyance. It is, it is the first uh, iteration of ghost pepper I've ever tasted. I agree. That actually is as hot as advertised. Oh, it's spicy. It, it's it is spicy. It's, it's on the spot. It's still... I, it's it's not going anywhere. All right, yeah. Let, let me read the back. Pocky, haunted ghost pepper, freaking hot with a flame image, and then you have the ghost pepper, and it it looks like, like a ghost. You yeah, also they have more those like. I believe you also have like Quetzalcoatl there, like yes, praying to the ghost yeah. pepper. Yeah, we've got some Aztec imagery here. They are hot, but um, it I, I, it's fucking hot. Yeah. I'm 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 a fan of the spice, so I'm I'm just glad to see somebody advertising accurately. Listen, right? there's like a warning I, here. Yeah, Do you understand that? Yeah, the contents of this bag are extremely frightening. Pocky's oh, is not is responsible scary. for any injuries that may result from ingesting this delicious terror. I'll stop there. Now, if they were smart, if they were smart, I'm I'm done. I want it to be totally out of my mouth now it's still spicy it's still i have it right on my tongue it's still right it's not even fun if pocky (laughs) if pocky were smart they would have put the warning on the front of the bag and they would have made it you know big red lettering you know do not for children not this not that and then you'd really be in the market uh since julian wants it out of his fucking mouth already we now move on to round two oh we need to decide a winner i apologize i'm getting ahead of myself um, fellas, where are you going with this? You know what? I'm going to go with Pocky out of sheer, like, impressiveness that they captured a real spicy pepper on their chip. Tony? One of the best music producers of all time. Just Blaze. I, too, am going with Pocky Bravo in a 16 to 1 upset. Bravo to you. Again, for the same reason as Jules over here. It's audacious. It's audacious. It's bold. They're doing something different. They're wowing the competition. Hockey in a huge upset. We now go to the Guinness section. This is the Irish section of the quadrant. Um, This is the... This is the Guinness chip brought to you by Burks. Okay, famous for their thick-cut, hand-cooked potato chips. And 
Bert's B wax. And B wax. And B wax. I think it's a different Bert. I think probably, probably. Uh, Bert's is bringing us Guinness, but not only Guinness. Their second iteration is the Guinness uh, Rich Chili flavor. Oh, so man. we now. We now try... That whiskey makes it hotter and cooler all the same Oh, the whiskey... <laughs> I mean, I've been riding a high. This looks very Ooh. interesting. Uh, just Wait, since what's the flavor on this? This is, this is just Guinness flavor. Oh, my God. I thought it was Guinness branding. I didn't realize they were flavored like the beer. So, the bag reads on the back, um, hand-cooking quality potatoes to crisp perfection before evenly seasoning with rich blend of Guinness flavors. They think they're coming up with a mouth-watering crisp with a bittersweet flavor of this iconic Irish stout. What are your thoughts, fellas? Kind of tastes like chocolate. Or like a fake chocolate. Hmm. Doesn't yeah. taste that much like Guinness. I'd almost say it's more carob than chocolate, even. Like, it's not quite chocolatey enough. It's yeah, sort of like, like a fake approaching chocolate. chocolate. Right. Yeah. Um, it's sort of meaty, like a Guinness would be. There's definitely I wouldn't want to eat them a with heavy a quality. Absolutely not. They're like the opposite of the chip to have with a nice, cool glass of freshly poured Guinness. Well, there's also like no salt content to them, taste-wise. Um, very oily, I, however. That's how I perceived it, too. I did worry, though, that my, uh, my taste buds... We're not picking up on any salt because they were still dealing with a little bit of spice. Oh, welcome to the Bronx. <laughs> Hot fries. Yeah, no. I yeah. Now you know what I've been going through. <laughs> that was a little bit of sabotage to burn everybody out on the Pocky before we moved on to anything else. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how I feel about this chip. I like the texture, but I feel like, in, I, I feel like I'm, where's the, like, the bowl of gravy or something? I don't know. Well, speaking of the bowl of gravy, we now go to the uh, second contestant in this contest, rich the rich chili, chili um, which I think will give you uh, that that bowl and and certainly something in it. <laughs> My dog won't eat this one. Yeah, I'm I'm a little concerned. Um, it's very confusing. These do taste like chili spices. They taste like chili. Yeah. Like, it tastes like a fucking bowl of chili, but I'm not... Is that what they were going for? Well, I, that's what they called it, rich, rich chili. chili. Yeah, but I, I was expecting them to be, mean chili pepper, not like... Oh, uh, no, like, no, I assumed they meant I chili. Beef chili. chili. The stew. Yeah. It is beefy and chili. Uh, it's got a real bouillabaisse feel. Yeah. It. <laughs> it's a hell of a matchup. Wow. How so? I mean, you essentially have the same exact chip, one without flavor. One with flavor. The last one that you thought was chocolatey, I didn't get any of that shit. This, I'm getting... I would say... Whoa, Tony, 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 I don't want to tip... uh, Tony from the Bronx, who was praised in the the Cracker Quadrant for his uh, his palate prowessness, is now saying... These flavor, these chips lack like all flavor whatsoever. I, I just we are coming off that pocky. <laughs> We're Guinness, still handicapped. Guinness, by the it just doesn't. You know what? It doesn't do it for me. Um, I are we doing our favorites? Let's go favorites. Let's vote. I'm definitely on the chili. Yeah. I'm on the rich chili. So am I. Give me something, but yeah, yeah. It's unanimous. It's rich chili. Moving on to round two. Rich chili and pocky are in the second round. 
we now go to uh, Julian's most anticipated section of the category, the zombie Takis versus the Korean barbecue kettle brand potato chips. We now take you to zombie Takis. This is, once again, for folks at home, Julian Ambler's first attempt at a Taki in his life. I just want the Pocky versus Taki matchup. Pocky versus Taki. A, a much-anticipated rivalry. Zombie nitro flavor. I don't even... So, for... It tastes kind of like candy. Right? There's, like... There's something about it that... Yeah. Feels uh, like a sour straw. For those of you playing at home, the zombie Taki with zombie nitro flavor, as Tony points out is proclaiming to be a habanero and cucumber-flavored tortilla chip. Ah, Again, rolled like a Taki. Um, I have not had a chip that tastes like this before. Well, I've never had a chip that proclaims to be cucumber-flavored. Or really any kind of Is that a good thing, though? I don't know. I'm getting my head around it. Yeah. Um, You know, this might be a category where I'm just willing to give it to, like, whoever... Put the press out there. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Because, frankly, like, all the stuff that uh, is in this category is there because it's an exotic flavor. Absolutely, yes. So, I know. Maybe, though, you know, we'll find something that I really want to eat all the time and that'll, you know, win it out. I'm hoping so. I'd I'd like to take this moment to read uh, from Pauline's notes. Again, previously recorded, previously snacked, and uh, we will not go into when, where, or how these items were procured. But she writes, oh my god, it's the worst tasting thing I've ever tasted. Does anybody actually eat this? Ugh, it hurts. However, I will give them credit for actually maintaining cucumber as a flavor. You question whether the habanero would cancel out the cucumber, but you really do taste the cucumber. I agree. You don't taste most of the habanero, though. No. And I think that's the point, is, is there is not enough habanero spice... And also not enough habanero flavor. Now, habanero is usually paired with mango and other sweet things that will bring out its flavor. And instead, it's paired here with cucumber, watery, fucking, you know, not sweet at all. And and all all I get is cucumber. You know, I like, I think, cucumber-flavored things more than I like cucumber. Like I, you I do, do like cucumber vodka. I we've do. had we've had cucumber vodka cocktails before, and like you know, I'll like a slice or two of cucumber, but like, yeah, I I don't love a ton of cucumber in a salad or whatever. Tony prefers cucumber on the eyes. Is that is that correct? Uh, yeah, I mean, and, listen, and some people waving like, your feet some, in it. Some people like their cucumbers pickled, and some people like their pickles cucumbered. <laughs> so what can I say? What can I say? I'm also not a huge pickle guy. I like. Various pickled vegetables, but pickled cucumbers are not my thing. You know, as we were as we were declaring the entrance for the snack bracket, a number of dill and pickled flavored snacks came into into contention, and I don't they like were that. yeah they were voted away actually for the heaviness of their dill. Um, Scrape it off my salmon. Yeah, that was in the... Uh, th- those were in the play-in games. Uh, please become a uh, Patreon subscriber to listen to the play-in games of the snack bracket uh, yet to be recorded. Do we have a Patreon page? <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Uh, but do look for it. I ordered uh, something on Kickstarter today. 
Really? What was that? A pairing knife. Nice. It was 15 bucks. <laughs> I didn't know you could order from Kickstarter. I well, no, it it's like about, you, you pledged and then, and then you know, your it, gift yeah. was I ordered a, something. A we go now to the uh, the opponent of Takis. This is the vaunted Kettle Brand Potato Chip, uh, a favorite in the game. Yeah. But this is their as-yet-to-be-tasted Korean to barbecue. To, uh, a thing that isn't vaunted. <laughs> <laughs> Have I vaunted everything? A fair number of them. <laughs> my apologies for my 27 Wonderlike level vocabulary. I love me some kettle chips, but I'm a little nervous about these. Uh, duly noted, and um, yeah, this is a puzzler. Like duck sauce? I don't know what I'm getting out of this, but... I don't know. It's a chip that, like, I could totally see accidentally eating a bunch of and then, like, being like, Realizing why did I do that? Do, right? It's yeah. not good. I could easily go back right now. I yeah. enjoy There's, like, a sweetness to it. I, I can go back and get it, but it's also, like, what am I... What I'm trying to get what I'm tasting. That's why I would go back. I, I, I don't know. First, first taste, I'm... I don't know. I taste barbecue, but I don't taste Korea. There's something else there. I, I'm not oh, going to lie. I, I definitely taste Korea, but not unified Korea. I taste North Korea mm. and not South. Mm. And, you know, I feel like in this moment where there's finally detente between Absolutely. the two, uh, it's inappropriate to be eating Great. a North Korean flavored chip. Uh, personally, I... But it I, is forbidden, which is nice. I feel like I'm in the DMZ right now. And and it would make me feel more secure uh, to vote Taki uh, just because I I feel like I could step on a landmine at any moment here. Oh, I feel the same way in terms of voting, but that's just to spite your wife. <laughs> Tony, where where are your allegiances lying? North or south? I'm going north. I'm going north. He's going into the beast. Yeah. Well, what's, wait, what's north? North <laughs> is Hawaii, Korean barbecue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, you know, it doesn't matter. Your vote was irrelevant. Voting against the block, yes. So what happens when your shitty scoring system works, you know? Voting yeah. against the block, Takis, habanero, who would have guessed it? Zombie habanero Takis, although I, I would say Julian would have guessed it, is moving on to round two, um, along with Rich Chili Guinness and Pocky. I should make a point. I will never eat another taco Not in my life. How about a Pocky? The last... Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I could see one day doing, like, the Pocky Challenge, which is, like, six Pockies in a minute. I would ask Manny Pocky out to sell my Pocky. That's about it. I don't think I'd do it. Oh, you else. know Manny? Oh, Manny and I go way back. He did back to when he was, a, he was a featherweight? Yeah, he did a charity when I was back in Cambridge mm -hmm. once. Mm -hmm. We now go to the final battle in the uh, first round of the chip category here in the snack bracket. This is the Pringles section, okay? Regional Pringles section. This is the loaded baked potato versus the kickin' chicken taco from the food truck flavors series of Pringles. What so are we starting with? We are starting with the loaded baked potato. Welcome to Flavor Town. Here we go. This is, I know you were excited about this one. You wanted to try this one for a while. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, for me, the, the cover, which is a cannon shooting out a 
Pringle, a baked potato, clearly some sour cream and uh, bacon, um, is evocative of what I hope this chip will convey, which is the, uh, the, 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 the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory gum scene, wherein I think it's Violet Beauregard eats a stick of gum that has an entire fucking five-course dinner in it. That's right. And I'm hoping that this is the flavor that's evoked in this Pringle. No. Tell me that's what it is, Julian. I'm actually getting a lot more Oompa Loompa in this. No. Uh, I I don't know. I'm eating this and I'm like, eh, you should have been a sour cream and onion chip. That's exactly right. That's what I got. Yeah. It's like a really, like, you talk about batch and, like, one or two of those chips get a really good flavor in the rest. It's just like it a bad like a, sour cream. T- exactly. Yeah. It tastes like a bad sour cream and onion. And, you know, if I was 10 years younger, I'd say, like, you should have been a cheddar and sour cream chip. Ooh. Thoughts? Uh, yeah. I'm with you there. I'm with you You're there. You're disappointed. I, I see it in your face. Well, I taste the sour cream, obviously. but And I go back to what Julian said earlier about the, the chip itself already having sort of a potato-esque quality, which I think does work for it in this regard. And I'm just curious if Kickin' Chicken Taco now is going to have enough flavor to outflavor this sour cream and onion because while while it isn't a fully loaded baked potato the way it claims to be, it is a sour cream and onion chip. You know, it's sort of like aim for the moon and, you know, you know fall short and land in the stars. If this also, like, in addition to its sour cream, whatever, had little visible bits mm. of bacon bits on it. Well, that's cute. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Get some texture in your Pringle. That's a little bit more craft than Throw I think Pringle is known for. Um... Yeah, also, I, I don't think, I think Pringles have to be like an exact shape or they won't stack all that well and they'll break up. They're a pretty fragile chip. I, I, I also feel like at this point, uh, Pringles are more known for duck mouthing than they are even as a, an edible chip. So we now try the Kickin' Chicken Taco from the Food Truck series. The aroma is already stronger in my opinion. Boo. Boo. Yeah, it does smell of... Something chickeny or something that wicked this way comes. It's taco seasoning for sure, but it's just not good on a potato chip. And Anthony? Reminds me of the really shitty halal cart out in 43rd and 3rd. Just really not good. By the way, I've never eaten there, but it just reminds me of it. Yeah, <laughs> not not good. Well, because you always walk by there eating chicken tacos, right? Uh, all the time. And yeah, it's yeah. like... No. It, it happens to be right next to your favorite taco yeah. place. It smells that really is good. a huge compliment. Yeah. It smells really good, but this doesn't cut it for me. I agree with you. I'll go with the shitty sour cream and onion loaded baked potato chip. You know what else smells great but is not that great? Nuts for nuts. Oh, nuts for nuts kills Best me. smelling thing in New York. It really is, especially in the winter when it's just steaming that scent everywhere and you, you really want it to be better than it is. Oh, what a what a fucking betrayal! Yeah, for me it's gonna be the loaded baked potato as well, Julian. Yeah, it's you know three for three. I like sour cream. It's unanimous. We like sour cream. We like lying sour cream Pringles more than we don't even know what to call this failure. So moving on to round two from the chip category is the haunted pocky zombie takis. Uh, loaded baked potato Pringles and some Guinness rich chili potato chips. <laughs> it's this a lot a of scary bracket. It's a lot of richness. So yeah. I, I will say that we're ha- we are well set up to have two ground beef 
flavored <laughs> chips go up against each other, and uh, two things that rhyme go up against each other. It's very exciting here in the chip quadrant. Uh, we bring you rounds two and three uh, later in the episode. Thank you. So, Gabe, uh, I just pulled up on my phone um, the 100 most frequently challenged books, which it means more uh, banned books for schools yeah, yeah, and libraries. Yeah, that's, that's, their, um, that's their euphemism for we don't like this and we're not going to distribute it or circulate it. Yeah, and so uh, the list, well, like there's some things that uh, make sense to me, not why they would be banned, but like why you might not want kids looking at it. Other things make no sense to me. And so I was wondering, do you just want to bang through these hundred and, like, take a guess at why some of them are banned? I'm going to need to look to you on a lot of them. Because I'm not an educator. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, I, I think I have a pretty good sense of the, you know, already, without even looking, the books that would be on that list and also why they would be there. Uh, Tropic of Cancer. My, right, exactly. Just Which my I, childhood I don't think is on the list. Right, and I actually really only know about through, like, reference from shows like Seinfeld or whatever. Tropic of Cancer is really good. Uh, Tropic of Capricorn, piece of shit. That boy was a one-hit wonder. But, yeah, let's go for it. If you want to read these things off, yeah. All right. What do you want to start with? Well, start with what number one. Okay, number one. Scary Stories series by Alvin Schwartz. Obviously, uh, it's banned because he was a Jew, so I think... Were that set makes there. a lot more sense. I thought it was because so they were number scary. two is Daddy's roommate, that which is a gay thing. It I think it must be like I Surely. just mean homophobic parents not wanting a book that explains why uh, a homosexual couple is normal, right? And yeah, also yeah, yeah. why mommy lives in a separate room from Daddy and his roommate. Like oh, there's maybe too much it's going on there. A polyamorous uh, normalization book. Yeah. Anyway. Um, or maybe it's a story about divorce and, like, why daddy has to live in a shitty apartment with a roommate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. number three, um, I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings by Maya Angelou, which I do actually know on this, Maya Angelou is the most banned author in the United States. That is interesting. I didn't know that. I, I mean, I, I have to think this has been a new addition to the list, and this is just because... Uh, symbolism and metaphor have been banned uh, throughout all of literature. So, uh, yeah, that's going to that's gonna go right there. Number four, The Chocolate War. Um, I don't know. I guess that's like health nuts are like we don't want to... Chocolate isn't an everyday food. It's a, it's a special occasion thing. Yeah. Yeah. And also war is bad. Yep. Um, the Adventures of Huckberry Finn by Mark Twain. Obviously because he wrote under a pseudonym, which is cowardly. Right. Samuel Clemens. Right. And uh, yeah. stand by There's your own work. nothing that Americans hate more than cowardice uh, and treachery. Yep. So, Of Mice and Men, number six. I mean, obviously this is banned for its depiction of the mentally ill. Uh, people don't want to see that. They don't want to read about that. And uh, it's just unsightly. It's gauche. Also, so, like... You don't want kids too early to have to deal with the realization that they're rabbits, puppies, mice, 
and young girls are not safe around mentally retarded people. I think it was, they have retard strength. I think it was also making people feel scared um, because children were killing a lot of rabbits at that time, and it it made them it feel like, oh, like there no. might be something wrong with them. Yeah, they were just sociopaths and right. not retarded. Right. Sorry, uh, mentally challenged. It's a big deal. Um, is mentally challenged the the preferred parlance of the moment? I really couldn't even tell you. Okay. Couldn't even tell you. All right, anyway. We're not going to go all PC here. Forever by Judy Bloom. I don't know that particular one, but I assume it has something to do with periods being in it. I'm going to go with sex, periods, first romances, and uh, the Christians can't have any of that. So, uh, The Bridge to Terabithia. Um, you know, uh, why are we still telling stories that uh, are outside of America? Greatest country on earth. Why do we have to outsource our young adult literature to uh, this Made Terabithia? Up fictional uh, magical kingdoms, yeah. Uh, you know, I heard Terabithia um, is a state sponsor of terror. Yeah, yeah. Um, and communism. Mm. Dangerous. Uh, Heather has two mommies. I don't know. I, I can't understand why... People would react weird to this one because that one two is a, better than one. That one has a lot of smoking in it. I heard, I oh. heard, I heard. It's basically like propaganda. Reading that book is like getting secondhand smoke. Yeah, yeah, for the cigarette companies. Um, uh, Catcher in the Rye. Uh, just because uh, we need we need books out there that are banned that like tough, you know, uh, nonconformists can bring to school to show that they're not lemmings. And so right. if Catcher in the Rye wasn't banned, you know, kids walking around with Catcher in the Rye, we wouldn't know how badass they are. Right, exactly. And so that's like a practical one. I also, get that. Also, I think it was banned as a litmus test to show us when somebody might go on like a rampage or a killing spree, right? Because mm -hmm. it is the manifesto of all known killers. We, we know that for a fact. Oh, like, I... Hitler loved J.D. Salinger. Right. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I loved Catcher in the Rye. Carried around with him everywhere. Well, you know, I... Everybody, you know, likes to point to this, that, and the other for the reason, uh, what's his name, killed uh, John Lennon. Right. But let's just drop it and let's be honest. John Lennon kind of seemed like a prick. I suspect he had it coming. <laughs> Do you think it was a personal slight? Like, John actually didn't tip... His eventual shooter? I don't know. I think it was more like uh, he released that lame-ass song, Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> this guy was tired of being told what to imagine and what to do with his like idle well, brain time. I think he was very fairly like, You're not better than me! <laughs> Fuck you, Johnny. <laughs> All right, The Giver by Lois Lowry. Um... That's because uh, it depicts a world in black and white. Lame. Technicolor, baby. Goosebumps by R.L. Stein. Obviously, the pen name again. Cowardly. Right. Don't name yourself after a uh, British colonialist explorer. Colonialism right. was wrong. Right. And uh, also just hide. because uh, yeah. ventriloquists were creepy, right? And he had a lot of books about dummies coming to life. You know, nobody wants that shit. Keep yeah, it out of you our know, schools. Uh, uh, Sanford and Son was based off of a Goosebumps book. 
I I didn't know that. You dummy. <laughs> uh, the Color Purple by Alice Walker. Um, I don't know why that one is banned. I know, but it's because purple is not in the rainbow. Oh, fuck, it is. No, it's not. Violet. Yeah. Purple's another word for violet. It's like the bad word for violet. But it's not but, in the rainbow, and they didn't want kids getting confused. This is... Uh, I remember having an argument with someone in high school who was utterly convinced the color purple was called the color purple um, because he claimed that was the color of um, black women's genitalia. Yeah. I I went to high school with some um, underexposed human beings. (laughs) Uh, Sex by Madonna. I guess... I, you know what? This one's a mystery. Wrong. Again, it's because she converted to Judaism and then started believing in the Kabbalah monster. So, I mean... Earth's Children series? I, I'm not familiar with this one. I can only assume uh, anti-Christian values. Uh, the Great Gilly Hopkins? Again, anti-Christian values. In the Night Kitchen? Again, anti-Christian values. Also... Uh, there's a little boy's penis. There is. In it. Yes. Yeah. And that's not a joke. And go anti-Christian to, values. Go to your copy of In the Night Kitchen, uh, and you can see the drawing of a little boy's penis. Uh, the witches. Ah, uh, well, that's just because, uh, witchcraft doesn't work. Uh, we want kids looking to things that actually work, like prayer. Right. The New Joy of Gay Sex. Um, obviously sex should not be joyful. It's, um, a burden and a temptation. Also because it's not, it's not new. So there was an inaccuracy in the title, right? The, the joy of gay sex has always existed. Uh, oh yeah. You know, since the Greeks, the dawn of time, um, and sure made popular by the Greeks. Uh, so yeah, they had, they had problems with that. Um, go ask Alice by anonymous. Oh, I know why that's banned. It's, I assume, by anonymous, it means the real person who wrote the Shakespeare plays, like that movie. Right. And, yeah, there's a academic conspiracy to keep you from really knowing who wrote all of Shakespeare's plays. Well, another surprisingly challenged one is, uh, I think, Twelfth Night, um, also by Shakespeare, <clears throat> a.k.a. Anonymous. Um, so, yeah, these things are... They're coming to get you. Shakespeare was from a poor family. How could he be that talented? Uh, The Stupids by Harry Allard, one of my personal favorites as a child. Uh, This was actually also recently banned because it personally offended uh, the 45th president of the United States. The likeness to him and his family was too similar. So, had to get rid of it. (laughs) You're a real cuck, Gabe. (laughs) Uh, Let's skip down a little bit to uh, What's Happening to My Body, Book for Girls, A Growing Up Guide for Parents and Daughters by Linda Myers. Madres. Um, You know, I think it's just a thing where puberty should be confusing and disorienting and shameful and, like, somebody explaining that it's normal and giving you the tools to understand that process in your body uh, robs you of 
that character building of just feeling terrible for about four years of your life. Right. Um, right. Spare you really... the spare the Rod. terrible embarrassment of uh, a changing body. Spoil the child. Yeah, yeah. You you really want to let them live that one themselves. Um, fallen angels. Uh, clearly, that's because uh, angels can't fall; they have wings. Um, the Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. That's because Margaret Atwood was a soothsayer, and she was prophesizing the accurate future. Oh, yeah. Ban all books about guessing at the future. Yeah. That's, that's you know, pagan That's, that's witch work. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. witch work. I mean, the fact that Margaret was also a woman, like, was not helping her cause. Uh, the Outsiders by Essie Hinton. Obviously, that's just because uh, it unfairly maligned us socias. Right. Stay loose, pony boy. Stay golden. Um, I think you're talking about being a greaser, which, uh, I was not. I was a total sosh. <laughs> uh, to Kill a Mockingbird. Um, it's just, I am assuming that's a guide for sociopaths about how to kill small animals working their way up to, uh, their first human kill. Right. Um, which, you know, I, I believe in freedom of speech. I, I don't believe in the censuring of specific ideas or whatever, but also at the same time, we shouldn't be glorifying, you know, uh, vicious murder. Well, kids. If, if there's one thing that we know about socio and psychopaths, it's that they always judge books by their covers. So when they saw that other students were reading To Kill a Mockingbird in school, they realized they should be going out and killing mockingbirds. That, 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 that eventually, as freshmen, they were looking ahead and seeing, okay, later on, people are going to be killing mockingbirds, and they're reading this how-to book on it. I should just get started and practice myself. So it, it became a real self-fulfilling prophecy there. Yeah. I can't tell you the number of parents that I've heard tell the story of, like, their kid comes home with a dead bird in its mouth, drops it and goes, look at me, Dad, I'm Boo Radley. Right. Uh, All right, Flowers for Algernon. You know, I think despite having a very beautiful depiction of uh, siblings having sex with each other, um, people have a really hard time of... uh, Wait, that's actually the wrong... I'm thinking of the flowers in the attic. Yeah. (laughs) I was wondering where you were going with that. Flowers for Algernon, uh, I don't know. Cancer is depressing. Yeah. It's not cancer either. It's not cancer? No. Flowers for Algernon, he is developmentally disabled, but he takes a magic pill that makes him smart. It's like awakening. It's like awakening, right. Yeah. Ah, sorry guys. I... Look, I it was banned because it was just too sad and nobody could ever actually finish it because they all cried for Algernon five pages from the very last moment. So if I can apologize to our listeners, <laughs> I was first thinking of Flowers in the Attic and then Brian's song. <laughs> <laughs> um, sort of like uh, the books I read uh, before I could choose to read my own books uh, all sort of blend together. For the record, I only even know of Flowers for Algernon because there's a um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia that has the exact same premise. Oh. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Beloved by Toni Morrison? Uh, nobody can understand that bitch. Uh, Just nobody understands the books. They're too disorienting. 
So they might as well put all of them up. Actually, Song of Sol- Song of Solomon is going to show up here later. So, you know, jazz, just well, put them all there. Leave, you know, I- I'm not going to stand here and let you call that Nobel laureate <laughs> a bitch. But there is something to be said for, like, a more standard style of prose. Uh, Lots you know, of people make it work. John Grisham. You know, now that students you know, have to, like, write... Tony Hillerman. A five-paragraph essay on the SAT. Uh, your stream Jonathan of consciousness Sparks. is just confusing. Yeah. Also, nobody likes ghosts. Nobody likes it. Uh, Harry Potter. Uh, you know, I think it's a thing of, like... Ron Weasley is a redhead, which generally is a thing that we should be wary about. Also, it was written by a homeless person, and we, we really don't want to encourage J.K. Rowling stole it from a homeless person? Yeah, and we don't want to encourage our homeless to overachieve or really try to achieve anything at all. Like, it, it breaks the social norms that we've worked for centuries to construct. All right, uh, 49 is Cujo by Stephen King, which obviously, don't be mean to dogs. That's fucked up to see in a... They're so mean to that dog. Right. They kill that dog. Right. Also, there's a lot of Stephen King that shows up on here, and I think that's because, you know, he's a world builder, and he's clearly created a universe that, you know, is separate from our own. And also now we're back to witchcraft. It's also the main lobby. They hate that their state is constantly depicted that way. Yeah. But face it, Maine, you're fucked up. Yeah, also, they did it to themselves. Also, the problem is that people see Stephen King as a genre writer, but he's just a flat-out talented writer. Stop ghettoizing Stephen King's work. Don't pigeonhole me. Don't put don't put baby in a corner. Uh, a light in the attic, Shel Silverstein. Um, this is a really controversial one because he's a Jew, but he's also pretending to be a black a man. Oh. Uh, because in many of his author's photos, he has such a rigorous tan uh, that it appears he's Mr. T, minus the mohawk. Okay. So just confusing there, racially, gotta get rid of it. Off the shelves. American Psycho by Brett Easton Ellis. I think that's probably just because Brett Easton Ellis seems like a real creep. I mean, if any interview you read with him, you're like, Oh, you've definitely date-raped someone before. Yeah, and, and three names is always a bad sign. I mean, all all famous killers have three names, you know. I thought it was three first names. Well, it is three first names, but he's got two first names. He's, like, almost there. All right. Uh, brave New World by Aldous Huxley. Uh, that world was neither brave... Uh, well, I think that's because new. they made Apocalypse Now, and it's like, if there's a movie, you shouldn't be reading the book. There's a movie. But no, no, no. Uh, I, I think Apocalypse Now is the book of Heart of Darkness. You're right, it is Heart of Darkness. Yeah. Brave New World is the racist one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Brave New World is the racist one. But there is a Brave you New World You always do movie. that. <laughs> you always Brave get New- those confused. Uh, the Sleeping Beauty Trilogy by A.N. Rockelaire, a.k.a. Anne Rice. Uh, plagiarism reasons. Obviously. Uh, Sleeping Beauty was the Brothers Grimm. Right. And 
can't and Disney. Make, and also, you can't make a trilogy out of something that's one book. That's what we know about the Hobbit movies and why they failed, right? You don't make three movies when one will suffice. Number 58 is a sequel from an earlier edition, uh, What's Happening to My Body, Book for Boys, A Growing Up Guide for Parents and Sons by Linda Madaras. Yeah, so same author. Celine's looking back to make sure because I pronounced it wrong the first time. But uh, so the girls one was number 35. This is number 58. Yeah. Sexist? Uh, well, are we assuming that the that this one came out later than the girls one? No, this is ranked in order of how frequently they're uh, contested, which I think means that, oh, this, I see. that people are like, happy to explain to boys what's happening about their body, or at least happier than they are to explain to girls. That's the thing. This country is allergic to female sexuality. No, but you're you're getting this all wrong because Linda wrote the first one from a woman's perspective. She actually wrote this one just claiming that the changing in a boy's body was due to magic. So again, we're back on the witchcraft tick, and that's why it comes later because... A woman's changing body is always worse than actual witchcraft, which is why Harry Potter and the like have come afterwards. All right. 59, uh, The Anarchist Cookbook. I gotta be honest. um, I don't know why this is on here. I don't know. I don't know. I've I've been read The Anarchist Cookbook since I was a child. I I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, it's just sort of like... I keep I don't it know. right it's next to the joy of information. Yeah. It's not gross, like, body stuff. It's, yeah. It's like, you know, anyway. It's, it's not, society hey, God, it's me, is weird. Society is fucking weird. Okay. Speaking of which, number 60, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Obviously, weird body shaming stuff. Like, get oh. it out of print. No, I think that's because there's a question mark after "Are you there, God?" Obviously, oh, God's she's there. She's questioning if God is dead. Yeah. So she's I've, been reading a lot of Nietzsche. Yeah, and I, I that's believe. Problematic. Yeah, I believe this was written as a sequel to yeah. "God Is Dead." Yeah. Um. Let's see. Let's jump ahead a little to "Slaughterhouse Five by Kurt Vonnegut. I mean, I guess it's slaughterhouses are gross. I hated the jungle. I also think that, and I was going to say, I'm glad you linked it to the jungle. I think that the pork industry took real offense to this one just on cover value alone, um, especially since Vonnegut had also released uh, Pearls Before Swine. And so the whole thing just felt like an attack on Sounds like this guy has a problem with Trafe. Yeah. So Secret Jew? So the lobby, the lobby came on him really hard. Uh, we've also got woman on top, women on top, how real life has changed women's fancies, fantasies by Nancy, Nancy Friday. There's a whole book about cowgirl position. Nancy Friday. That's, she's my girl Friday. Or Joe Friday. Joe Friday's wife. <laughs> uh, curses, Joe Friday's dragnet, right? Curses, he- curses, hexes, and spells by Daniel Cohen. Jew. Get him off. I guess Carrie by Stephen King. Followed by The Dead Zone by Stephen King. Well, Carrie, it's like, you know, prom is the best night of your life. 
And anybody who tells you different is a liar. liar. (laughs) (sighs) I mean, I loved my prom. And I am just trying to stay alive long enough to live vicariously through my children's proms. Private Parts by Howard Stern. That's just haterade. I'm sorry. Plain and simple. They're just... The Library of Congress is just drinking the haterade on this one. I don't think it's the Library of Congress. That's I don't. Fantastic. I know, but I'm still. I'm still mad at them. I think it might also. Don't be... censor Howard Stern. I. Baba boy, baba boy. I think part of it's like that. He appeared naked on the front of that book, and he should have had more. I was gonna say body dysmorphia, but it's not dysmorphia. It's just body awareness and shame. Yeah. Let's see, uh, where's Waldo? He's too damn hard to find. I guess, I guess it sets kids up for failure. Yeah. I, I think that, I think that this is a personal vendetta, you know, librarians across the country have just been struggling with these books for years with no satisfaction, right? When meanwhile, there are thousands of maze books that go unplayed and are much more satisfying. I'm realizing that we're wrong here, Gabe. I think it's because the U.S. government has taken an issue with Where's Waldo because it's a trenchant critique of the current surveillance state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the idea that you kind always have somebody watching you wherever you are and trying to find you and point you out... Um, you know, especially if you have unique headwear, like a beanie with a ball on it, like Waldo, or a beanie with a pom-pom, or a hijab. Or... But at the same time, hasn't it been training our NSA troops for years now, from, you know, the ripe ages of five onward to locate? I have to, to stop you there, Gabe. Locate? The NSA are not, uh, it's not a military organization. They're not troops. They are civilians. So... The brave men and women who work for the NSA, um, that's fine. But let's not confuse uh, the NSA with the military. I see. I see your point. And uh, the rest words of this, have meaning. The there. rest of this podcast will clearly be censored uh, as a result of my failings. Um, Little Black Sambo by Helen Bannerman. I, you know, I have not read that book, and therefore I feel like a little uncomfortable (laughs) (laughs) on it. Um, Yeah, maybe it's just a thing of like that teachers were like, okay, so like this is the title of the book. I just, I don't want to, like, I don't want you to think I'm saying this. It's it, being too awkward it in took, class. It took, it took too many lessons to establish that the teacher was not condoning the title, right? Whereas, whereas with Huckleberry Finn, it's not named for Jim, right? It's not Jim's name, the entire title. So, well, it's just sort of like, uh, you know, there, whenever someone's like, what's your favorite Richard Pryor album? I refuse to answer that question just because I won't say. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, let's go to Jumper by Stephen Gould. Um, 
Is that what that movie Jumper is based off of? Yeah, I, I think this has to be banned because that movie was banned by all countries uh, after its release because it was so offensive to human taste. I think people just didn't go to it. I don't think it was banned. Oh, I'm sorry. I get those confused sometimes. Also, uh, you know, it seems like people have learned their lesson about casting Hayden Christensen. Definitely, since then. Uh, Christine by Stephen King. You know what? We live in a country that is built around the automobile. Uh, It is foundational to uh, industry in the U.S., uh, the highway system is sort of what opened up commerce in the U.S., so I think to demonize cars is to make an attack uh, at the very core of America. Yeah, similar to Slaughterhouse-Five. You, you don't promote fear in beef, pork, cigarettes, alcohol, cars, television, um, Well, you're going papers. further than I would. But, yeah. Um, don't do it. They'll get you. The Wish Giver which is obviously uh, just a book that kept being confused with The Giver. Uh, I think The Wish Giver is a perfectly lovely book and unfortunately shared too much, two-thirds of its title with uh, this nasty book that takes place in black and white. And coming in at 100, Jump Ship to Freedom by James Lincoln, Collier and Christopher Collier. Um, I think it's probably that they're one of those like weird sibling pairs that like, are too close like that they're it's not just that they're siblings they're like best friends well wait you don't know the story of this book this is the book that was actually written by the 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 wundervoss twins the 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 facebook twins the winklevoss twins jump ship to freedom refers to them jumping off facebook before getting corrupted and getting rich right on bitcoin right and i think they're Bitcoin billionaires. Yeah, and this is which all is about... the lamest type of billionaire. Uh, right. I'm sorry for all of you that like are obsessed with cryptocurrency. Um, it's lame. Yeah, it's like the being really into cryptocurrency is the equivalent of being like really into Final Fantasy circa 1999. Right. The cutscenes are amazing, but the gameplay leaves a lot to be desired. It's just like it's it's not a religion worth following. Um, But now that we've finished our banned books, uh, what's most banned? Are there any books you would ban, Gabe? Uh, Books I would ban. um, But in order for them to qualify, you (coughs) had to have had to read them for school. Go now. And it can't be in college. It has to be books that you were forced to read in middle school or high school. Uh, The Pearl. I fucking hated that thing. It was so boring. What was the Pearl? The Pearl was a John Steinbeck about, like, I guess, like, pearl divers being ripped off by the marketplace. And it, it, I'm sure there was, it was laden with, you know, political values that I was neither interested in nor able to appreciate at the time. Um, and it just came off as, heavy-handed and uh, uninteresting. Let's see. Uh, You know what? I'll have to say I wouldn't ban this because I have to read it again, but I remember not liking Kim by Rudyard Kipling at all. You know, you gotta give him credit for White Man's Burden. Killer poem. (laughs) But uh, Kim, I just, like, I could not. It was, like, one of those books where, like, 
I would end up reading the same paragraph over and over because I would get dazed halfway through the paragraph mm-hmm. and like totally forget what the paragraph was about after reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably also ban the Odyssey just for the fact that I think I was forced to read it in every single level of schooling uh, mm. from freshman year right through college. Um, and also, that fucking thing is not a poem. Stop trying to play it off like it's a fucking poem. It's not. It's a limerick. It's prose. <laughs> um, Clear and simple. Let's see, what else? Uh, I'm trying to think of what I really hated reading. Um, I remember really liking reading The Great Gatsby, um, and I think part of that was because it was so short. As I got older, I liked The Great Gatsby just because it's a really well-written book. But I remember, like, the first time I read it, which I think was, like, in seventh grade, just being like, oh, wow, I'm done. <laughs> yep. I know the whole story. Yep. Uh, yeah, I didn't have to start skimming at all. Here's another one that can eat it. Uh, Siddhartha. That thing, boring as fuck. It felt like a really long Wikipedia entry about Buddhism but before Wikipedia existed. Let's see, what else is there? I guess we're, we're taking, you know, uh, English authors who lived on the subcontinent to task. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't get me wrong. Orwell's not going to show up on my list of books to ban. Yeah. And he was on the subcontinent. Well, there are also, like, I feel like a practice out there that I'd like to ban is that, like, Teachers who pick an author's second best book because they want their book list to look different from, like, other ninth grade teachers around the country. Having you read anything by F. Scott Fitzgerald other than The Great Gatsby because they know that every ninth grade curriculum around the country has The Great Gatsby. And they're like, oh, we shouldn't just do the ones that are, like, that you know, have been done for 50 years. This is why, it up. This is why like, I'm glad I have never in my life been forced to read Tender is the Night or what is it? What's Paradise? This Side of Paradise? Mm. Uh, and and I have not read them on my of my own accord. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, was, I was also never forced to read The Great Gatsby, but I've read that three to four times on my own because it's The Great Fucking Gatsby. Yeah, there was... Uh... I feel like um, we didn't read The Invisible Man. Oh, that is such a great book. I've read that like seven times. I'm trying to remember what book they assigned us instead. Um, Was it Juneteenth? What did you read? I I can't even name another Ralph Ellison book. Except maybe Juneteenth. I can't remember what it was. But I just remember being like, even as, like, whatever it was, like, uh, eighth grader or tenth grader, being like, no, I That's know the so book that we're supposed to be reading. That's so fucking pretentious of your teachers. I can't even believe they did this. Well, it was just this thing of, like, being like, uh, let's not be stale and read the same books that we've been reading for 50 years. Let's do something different. But instead of picking, like, you know, authors with a different perspective and being like, oh, there's this you know, thing that hasn't necessarily entered the canon yet, but is, like, a fantastic book that I think kids get a lot out of. They're just like, well, what's 
this author's second most famous thing. God damn it. I mean, that that idea only works, I think, for Shakespeare, because his most famous play is not his best play. We're assuming his most famous play is Romeo and Juliet. Romeo plus Juliet. Plum, Romeo e Julieta. But that no, Romeo is... plus Juliet, the... The the the, uh, the the Baz Luhrmann version, which yeah, is yeah, the yeah. best version. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, that's, again, that is, that is so fucking lame and pretentious. To me, that's like how they keep changing the AFI top 100 movies all the time, and the first spot keeps moving around between Citizen Kane, Casablanca, and Vertigo. It's like, guys, you, you can't keep doing this. Like, well, it's also like... It's like if you were in a film studies class, um, which I guess people who... It's different because people who (coughs) elect to take a film studies class, you assume that they've already watched like a bunch of the most famous movies in the world, right? So like picking, uh, you know, a lesser Scorsese movie for them to watch sort of like makes sense because you assume that they've seen his best already Mm -hmm. um but with like you know your ninth grade lit class so they just show them that rolling stones concert movie that he did maybe silence (laughs) (laughs) no but like even the departed right which is great i love the departed but like if i but if i was like let's say film studies was part of your high school curriculum right like i'm not gonna have seen Scorsese's full body of work in ninth grade. So, like, you wouldn't pick The Departed as, like, someone's entree into his work, right? Even though I think it ranks up there with one of his better films, right? You uh, you pick something that's more central to, like, the conception and idea of Scorsese as a director. Well, as, as somebody who watched and cherished the, you know... Hong Kong version of The Departed, Infernal Affairs, which came out long before the American shot-for-shot remake. I have never actually seen The Departed all the way through. I just watch cutscenes of, um, what's his name, uh, Mark Wahlberg's character. Just being just pissed. cursing out Alec Baldwin's character. Oh my uh, god. Mark Wahlberg as, like... And telling him that he fucked his mother in a Boston accent. There's only one version of Mark Wahlberg that's amazing, and it is frustrated Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> it's why he's so good Just in... Sexual angsty Mark in, Wahlberg. Uh, the Boogie Departed. Nights. Well, Boogie Nights, he's great, but that's, like, a different thing. That's, like, when... That's when he just got into film, and so, like, his, like... Like, sort of being uncomfortable on camera worked really well for the character. But, like, Mark Wahlberg now... I- the things that I want to see Mark Wahlberg we're gonna doing say, we're gonna like say, stuff like the Departed. No, 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 but wait, don't say it. Don't say it. We're going to say our number one most frustrated Mark Wahlberg that we love on the count of three. Do you have it? Yeah. The best movie that he's ever been frustrated in. One, two, three. Yeah. I, I Heart Huckabees. <laughs> it is the best. Yeah. So Do good. you want to play Moncala? I fucking love to play Moncala. I mean, it... He's fantastic. And that fucking ball like, Moncala hour. It's not quite as good because I think, you know, the movie lags in certain ways. But, like, the other guys, like, he does a very, plays a very similar, like, 
Oh, the other guy's a confused, terrific. frustrated yeah. role. And, like, he's so good at that. It's like when he plays something where he's, I don't know, like, he's a competent enough actor in other things, but, like, Mark Wahlberg is so funny when he's freaking out. The other guy's is also, uh, I think, it should be on AFI's Top 100, because it is not only funny, and it's Mark Wahlberg freaking out in a great way, and, and Will Ferrell playing aloof in a perfect fashion. It's a smarter, more accurate telling of the financial, you know, meltdown in the early 2000s than uh, The Big Short. Which, but both uh, The Big Short and The Other Guys is Adam McKay, right? Oh, is it? Right, but isn't it's, The Big Short It's Adam a McKay? better telling than that. It's a better telling than any of the, you know, fucking Bernie Madoff movies or whatever. Like, it nails it in Every single way. I, 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 I do think that, uh, uh, let's see, Big Short, Big Short, where are we, Big Short? There Big it is. Short. Yep. It's Adam Jesus McKay, baby. Christ. Jesus. The problem I have Christ. with the other guys, though, is that, like, it just doesn't tie up all that nicely. Like, I, I wish, I kind of wish it hadn't <coughs> gone into the financial crisis stuff. It felt like it bit off more than it could chew. But it does it. It does it so subtly, and like you have no idea that it's going there. It almost feels like just sort of a pleasant twist at the end of a movie that has been, you know, approaching all this faux actiony stuff in a very fresh way. You know, it's great. I love that. Like, occasionally, like you realize that Mark Wahlberg is really good at stuff in it. Like, either when he goes to uh, to confront his ex-girlfriend um, at the dance studio, and he does, like, perfect ballet, and uh, you find out that he, like, learned to dance sarcastically to make fun of, like, <laughs> fey kids in his neighborhood. That is but, such a Mark Wahlberg thing to do, also. But also that, like, he he's then, like, he's ex-girlfriend who's obviously like studying uh ballet he's like girl you don't have to dance on the street for money i'll take care of you uh, uh, is this your pimp uh, uh and then like when he has like all these crazy uh martial arts moves and uh will farrell is like where would your career be if you hadn't shot Derek Jeter? <laughs> uh, also, just the thing of like beautiful women being super attracted to Will super Ferrell. Super into Will Ferrell is one of the best running gags any movie has ever managed to pull off. I don't know if I'd go that far, but it, it is it works. It I feel like there's probably a almost better way to mine that in that like there are probably some jokes missed but it is like a a funny weird thing that like it's kind of inappropriate to ask like what's going on like socially it would be weird to be like why are people attracted to you but at the same time so it's like perfect for a weird thing to happen and somebody to continually be like very shyly what is going on in a way where you don't actually have to logically address it so this has been our study of the band book list. As always, uh, we have been the Other Guys podcast, and uh, we will be right back. Round two. All right, you are in the crayon box with the Dull Boys. This is rounds 
two and three of the chip quadrant of the March snack bracket uh, brought to you by Dull Crayons um, and also Tig, first dog of the pod. Um, we now go to rounds two and three, which as previously stated, uh, are scored on an Olympic scoring chart. Uh, these are official IOC categories of appetizing aesthetic, flavor profile, and mouthfeel, a.k.a. texture. I'm your host, Gabriel Zuger, a.k.a. Dom Chomsky, along with co-hosts... Julian. And... Tony from the Bronx. And we will, of course, be... Uh, we will, of course, be joined as well by first dog of the pod, Tig, and uh, wife of the pod. I, I said that already. I'm repeating myself. Let us get right into the mix um, with the Pocky Dark Horse of round one in the chip quadrant. Uh, Tony, what is do you have? Is the Pocky the Dark Horse? I feel like the Taki is the Dark Horse. Listen, Pocky, Pocky and Pocky is the dark, dark Horse. One of them Pocky is... Pocky is a black sheep. Okay, Pocky, Pocky is the uh, Roger Mason. What and animal Zombie is the, is the Wichita State. You know, they're... they're they're yeah, both Cinderella stories. Tony, what do you have on the Pocky? Highest score yet? 22 for me. Uh, uh, highest score? You, you're saying this trumps everything from your cracker quadrant? Fucking has flavor, man. Whether I like wow. it or not, there's flavor there. Wow. I gotta seven write for that aesthetic, down. eight flavor. profile, seven for mouthfeel. Welcome to Flavor Town. Where is Guy Fieri, man? Flavor Town! Flavor Town! Flavor Town! That's right. Tony didn't even have Pocky moving on to round two, but he's got it as the highest score. I have it as sevens across the board. It is a 21 for me, dog. Julian? Um, I have it at 22. Wow, Pocky is crushing so far as the lone man in the chip quadrant round two. We now go to Zombie, Julian's most anticipated uh, choice of the day. Uh, for me, it's it's an overall 15. I have appeal, appetizing aesthetic at 4. The green color, the dust coming off on your fingers, it's really unappetizing. You don't want to touch it. You kind of don't want it in your mouth. Flavor, I have it as a 2 because it's not habanero enough and cucumber's not really a flavor. Mouthfeel, I have it as a 9 because a fucking taki, listen, a taki goes down strong. Taki feels good. Julian? Well... The way I have it scored is at the appetizing aesthetic, a six. It is weird looking, but it is weird enough looking that I'm like, all right, I'll try it. I see. It's like, it's like gone further than the uncanny valley. It's like on the other side, and it's, it's, it's so bad, it's good again. I don't, I don't even know if that's the way I put it, but it's like, I, it's a weird looking chip in a way that, like, <laughs> or, that like I, if it was out on a table somewhere, I'd be like... Drawn to it. I want to know what this tastes like. I must have you. Continue. On the flavor profile, this is where I ran into a problem. I have it ranked at either a 1 or a 10. Mmm. How many did you try? Just one. Okay. It's got to be one or the other. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's a 1, but there's a little piece of me that's like, 
Is this secretly great? <laughs> so why not gamble and go with the five? <laughs> no, no. It's either... It's one of those two. Okay. Uh, then I've got, uh, for mouthfeel, an eight, because it is a nice chew. Yeah. Um, which, you know, leaves me at scoring it at either a 15 or a 24. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 15 this, this after the Pocky was your 22. So so Zombie for you either is a much higher chip than Pocky or far, far below it. Well, it's like we have yet it's to either decide. a bit better or it's way worse. <laughs> Tony. I'm pretty sure it's way worse, but I can't know. It's too weird of a chip. Tony, give us, give us the BX718 uh, perspective here. I just want to set the record straight. Oh, that's the, that's uh, George Lucas's first film, BX seven one eight. BX seven one eight. No, I think that was that was uh, you you U boat C seven thirty. U five seven one. U five seven one. But that's not. You that's, might have seen that as someone's graffiti tag. <laughs> but what's the one with like a robot in space? I don't know. I don't know. You got me lost there. That's oh. a Lucas film. I'm lost in space with with George Lucas now. What yeah. movie oh. is that? Uh, Find it. Let's get on that. I mean, I, I need to set the record straight with this this talking piece. Based off the look of it and the name, are we saying that Takis are really short for taquitos, which are just rolled up, basically towards? Oh, the I they have shit. to be. They have to be. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, I love me some taquitos. Right. Don't like the look of these talkies. However, I gave it a 19 overall. And I'll tell wow, you why. Wow, strong you why. game. I want to see the Pocky versus Taki matchup. I really do. I gave it a 6 for aesthetic. I gave it a 6 for flavor profile. Again, I didn't really like it, but then I had a bite where I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> I'm not really a big cucumber fan as far as flavors. I like to eat cucumbers in my salad, but I did get it, and it was refreshing and at the same time awkward. And the mouthfeel, I enjoyed. I enjoyed the talk, the talking. So it's a seven for me. I'm really sorry, Tony, but I got to interrupt you. It's Please. THX 1138. Yeah, that is the worst film name I've ever heard in my entire life. Way to go, George Lucas. Inspired by Short you Circuit. Suck. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, that's a 19 overall, 19 overall on Zombie Takis from Tony. We now go on to Rich Chili, the Guinness Rich Chili, which I have as a 16. It's uh, a middle of the road five five six for me. Uh, it's got it's got some good mouthfeel because again it's a Burt's thick cut chip. It feels good. Um, everybody but loves a Burt's. Everybody, <laughs> you love a Burt's. Put it in your mouth. Um, but otherwise, this chili flavor it's off putting. It's definitely off putting, dog. Thoughts? Um, I did sixes across the board. It's just above average in every way. Got a 10 for me. Total. Oh, wow. A three, three, and a four. What Isn't a for me. stinker. Not for me. Uh, Disappointed. Yeah. Underwhelming. Well, you voted against that in the first round. Yeah. Yep. I, I'm a man of my word. Consistent. Yeah. That brings us to our final in the uh, second round of the chip category, the fully loaded baked potato. Uh, but again... Question mark on the fully there because I think all of us agree this is not a fully loaded baked potato. This is a potato paste uh, or a, a mashed potato mix. Well, like far with in sour the future, cream. where like real food is, is replaced by pills. Well, is just sort of something that was much. So remember in the Matrix when they eat the that like gruel that they eat the, the gruel, yeah. Right? 
Oh, I imagine a world where, like, we're slightly better off than that, where we get, like, little powders to put on it that, like, simulate mm. the flavor of a bygone dish uh, that humans once were able to eat. So, and it, in that... The baked potato version of that sure. is what Mama's meatloaf and all that stuff. Yeah, based on that Philip K. Dickian uh, description of this thing's flavor, what do you have it at, Julian? Um, I gave it a seven on the flavor profile because, frankly, you know, it's just like a mediocre sour cream and onion chip. Right, which it's I the like way you want flavor gruel to taste. I mean, I would like it to taste more like sour cream, but. <laughs> You know, uh, I, the thing is here, I ended up with uh, another 18. The f- it's the first time I've had a tie between uh, two competitors. I see, that is tricky. So you've got an 18 for it. I've got it at a 15. It's, uh, for me, it's it's tied as the lowest right now with zombie Takis. It's a four in appetizing because it's a Pringle, and who the fuck wants to eat a Pringle? And then it's middle of the road the rest of the way. Tony? Yeah, it's an 11 for me. Really, a little bit better than a chili one for me. Uh, I like me Pringles, didn't like me these Pringles. That's oh, it. we're in trouble here. So we, we have a bracket-busting situation um, that we're going to need to go to judges for. No, because... no, no. I believe in the situation of where we essentially have a tie, because you have yeah, it's a total uh, the chili winning by one. Tony has the potato winning by one, and I've got him tied. I think it's, we put one chip on either side of my dog, and which one she goes for first. That is what I meant for by, by judges' situation. We, we oh, have to right. go to judges, yes. So we are going to take a pause here, and we'll be right back with the judges' decision on rich chili versus baked potato. Uh, going into the final round. Stay tuned for this nail-biting situation. So, uh, my dog went for neither of them. Um, But we then uh, regrouped, and we put one on either side of Pauline, and she dove for the baked potato. Yeah, baked potato all the way. It was... Shocker. She went to the ground for that baked potato. There was, was even a hair on it. It was, un- it was unsightly, it the way that the the approach was, it was mauling. It was like a bear just going after, like, you know, rich salmon in the water, like, gnarly. And, like, you know, a, a Pringle is a pretty self-contained chip. It's pretty easy not to make a mess of it, but somehow she did. It's just like she was, she ate it like Cookie Monster. Yeah. Well, she's she's sleeping peacefully now. Crumbs of it all over her face and the pillowcase. She does look so peaceful. It's true. Getting some good Z's. So that means that baked potato is going... Pringles fully loaded baked potato is going into round three along with Pocky, of all things. The oh, ghost. the blandest chip against <laughs> the least bland chip. The spiciest... The spiciest, hottest chip ever, ever concocted by what we have to assume were prank scientists uh, there in the flavor factory. Again, against a fucking doozy of one. And as always, for round three... I bet your smokers love (laughs) Pocky. 
Ashtray Mouth goes really well with a haunted well, like, ghost pepper vodka. they kill body. all their taste buds. Like, they're very, they, smokers love super spicy stuff because I see. they're so, desperate to taste anything. So the, the, the smoker almost has a super palate in that way, right? No, and that the they can opposite. taste flavors that nobody else can they even the conceive least of. They're tasting Calvins up into the millions. Scovilles. Um, oh, that's right, Scovilles. Uh, we now go to round three. Round three. Which, as previously stated, uh, rounds one are determined by majority rule of the uh, IOC panel here. Round two is a scoring sheet. Round three is simply a Pauline yay or nay vote, and we are checking in the results now. It is a yay for the fully loaded baked potato. A travesty. In fact, uh, Pauline goes as far as to say, hmm, I like these. Ha 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 ha. It must be sour cream in there. They're mild, but satisfying. And I, I have to say, truer words were never spoken um, about such an awful snack. Sounds just like her. They are mild and satisfying, and it does sound just like her. If she were awake, uh, we, we would surely get her for a comment on her number one going on into the final four here. But again, she is not instead sleeping uh, fat and happy off her fully loaded baked potato chip. Uh, that concludes round three of the chip quadrant. Stay tuned uh, for, for sports fans at home. We now have a fully loaded baked potato and the fig and honey triscuit as our two contestants in the final four. Stay tuned to future episodes to find out uh, who will join them from the sweets bracket and the vaunted, yes, Julian, I said it again, the vaunted popcorn bracket. Ooh, I cannot wait. (laughs) He can barely contain himself, folks. (laughs) Stay tuned.